This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 241 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben, I'm back again and I'm joined by Chris this week. How are you doing mate? Are you well? I am very, very well indeed, thank you, mate. How are you? Good to have you back. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, a bit of a, a couple of couple of months away, I think, We're just out, or just under. Um, yeah, it's been all right. I've had uh, had lots going on, and a lot's been resolved, and a lot has been sorted. I've got I'm I'm in a new job at work. I have got I've had a holiday under my belt. I've had all sorts going on, but things oh, are good. Fantastic. Are good. That's good. To hear, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, you know, what 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 we've we been up to this past week? Anything? Anything fun? Um, I'll be honest. I was thinking about this before we came on. Like, I haven't got anything interesting to say today <laughs> because my life has not been interesting at all this week. Um, uh, it was my other half's birthday last night. That was very nice. Went out for a meal. Which Great, happy birthday uh, to, to you! Yes, indeed. Half. But that that's been the highlight of my week so far. To be honest, the big highlight of the week, of course, is going to be travelling to Peterborough on Saturday afternoon. Can't wait for it. Indeed, it is. So, um, yeah, we, we we've had a we had a chat uh, the four of us sort of away from the pod, and we've if you're coming on expecting to uh, you know something uh, in terms of an analysis of what we did see on Tuesday night, uh, you're not going to get it today um, because I think, as Gary said in his written article, it, it does seem maybe a little bit crass given the circumstances of of what happened. So, um, we won't have any analysis or discussion of of tuesday night really we're not going to have any takes on the situation um, in terms of how it was all handled and everything like that um because it was just a, a horrible situation all around um and obviously the thoughts of the entire stacy west crew are with um derek reynolds his family uh, and you know his friends and everyone that was uh, impacted by it on tuesday night um at the orient game so um it, it probably will be a bit of a shorter podcast this week um i say that and i can see the gleam in chris's eye when i say that um knowing that that challenge accepted 
<laughs> so uh yeah so what we're going to do basically is is kind of the one thing that we do need to potentially talk about from from that uh from tuesday is is the possible injury to last Sorensen. we are recording this before mark kennedy's interview has gone out on youtube or on on radio lincolnshire or wherever it gonna, is going to go out so as of the moment we've not had any official word in terms of uh how how serious it could could be um but if it's enough to keep him out at the weekend, do we think it will pose a severe issue to uh, to how we're going to set up? Um, severe, no, but an issue, yes, because um, Jack Burrows can can slot in for him. But what's been brilliant about Burrows, of course, is that he can play on either side and mm-hmm. he can come on as a substitute and and switch on, on on either side, or he starts on the left. Generally, Jane Brown comes on. And then Burrows can can either go across to the right if Last needs to come centrally or, or replace Last. Like it, it does definitely limit our ability to um, be tactically flexible again, which is something that was it's been a bit of a uh, a common theme over the last few weeks, hasn't it, with the striker situation as well. Um, yeah, I think it's worth pointing out. Two minutes in. I think what's worth pointing out is that Last has been pretty pretty durable, really, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Since he's signed, he's, he hasn't suffered many injuries, and when he went off on Tuesday night, he walked off. He was holding his hamstring, which yeah. is never a good sign, but he, he, he didn't look massively uncomfortable. So I'm really hopeful that it was a kind of, he felt a little bit of something. It was precautionary. Give it a couple of days rest and, and he's okay. But we don't know, like I say, we don't, we don't, we don't know at all, yeah. but it certainly could impact us. Um, not in terms of starting 11, I think Burroughs and, and Brown would, would then just start at wing back. Yeah. But it means that they would have to, Pretty much, they'd have to play the ninety minutes, or we then shift into a bit of an unfamiliar personnel. Like that would mean that, like if if Brown needed to come off for whatever reason, then Rowan would be the only option to go at left wing back. He hasn't played there all season by the by one game. I mean, um, we could we could potentially always go back to how we had it uh, last season, season before, when you know if, if Burrows goes over to left uh, left wing back and then Ted Bishop possibly sits in there because he's played there before. Yeah, there's options and there's, there's people like um, the, the Hackett, of course, that played left wing yeah. back and is capable of doing it. So it's not like we haven't got options in the team, but they're players that aren't, that they're not their best positions, they're not their no. preferred positions and it would mean moving them out of the position on the pitch where they are already starting, likely yeah. to be starting and, and already effective hopefully as well. So it does limit us in that regard. Um, I think we all love last, don't we? Like, I think he's, he's, I was delighted for him when he got his two goals against Cheltenham. That he's deserved. Yeah. He's deserved something this season. In that regard, his performances have been so consistent. Um, so it's a real, real shame for him to to pick up that little knock on Tuesday night. And fingers crossed, touch wood, etc. That he it is just a lock, and he's 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 out. If he is out, it's for a very short period of time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like like you say, the fact that he was able to walk off the pitch was was a positive sign, um, you know, and, and not kind of have to to be assisted off because obviously when we played at Shrewsbury um, a couple of seasons ago Cohen Bramall uh, he did his hamstring and it was very obviously very very painful for him um, at the time and, and that was basically the end of his uh, his, his season um, it was really sad to see but um, yeah fingers crossed it's not just the sort of Viking blood that's running through Lass's veins and, and forcing himself to walk off but uh, yeah hopefully um, we will see last on Saturday um, but if we don't then like you say we, we do have options but it's it's getting borderline threadbare at this point some you know with some of the some of the positions we've got to play people in but um, we shall move into Peterborough 
not physically, but we'll move on to Peterborough. Um, Charlie uh, has been talking to Keelan from the Real EFL. Um, so we're going to talk, well, going to play that preview now um, and then going to come back and we will have our little take on what we expect from Saturday. So here is Keelan with Charlie. So obviously, like I say, you mentioned you had a really good kind of start to the season. Then it kind of dropped away a little bit and you had a few games, you know, what was it, three losses on the bounce in the league. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it kind of picked up with the, you know, you're unbeaten now in what five league matches. So, do you see that as do you, is that kind of upturn in form? I know you're kind of saying that you find it hard to kill off games, but is that sort of upturn in form evident in performances as well as results, or is it just you know just the fact that again you've got your shortcomings, but you are able now just to pick up a couple of results? Yeah, no, I think the the two wins against um, Cheltenham and Bristol Rovers at home mm-hmm. were solid victories. The Cheltenham victory was helped by the fact that obviously they're doing very poorly this season, <laughs> and they yeah. went down. They went down to ten men after I think it was about five minutes. So it oh. sort of it sort of made the game. You know, it sort of played into our hands, mm. and we managed to get a, a big win. And then the Bristol Rovers uh, win recently was was actually a very very decent performance against the Bristol Rovers team that looked quite decent on the attack. Mm-hmm. But we managed to get those goals, and I think what we what I think one of our strengths this season is that we are utilizing our squad relatively well. I think the, one of the goal scorers against Bristol Rovers was uh, David Adjaboy, who barely featured okay. last season, got a goal, and I think Ricky J Jones as well has been on the fringes mm. a bit at posh. For the last, uh, you know, few seasons, been in and out of the team. Yeah, quite a young player that's managed to maybe make it now, and he's done well recently. So it'll be interesting to see what they get, how the game plays out on Saturday, because we are yeah. we look strong at home. We look strong at home recently. Well, that again is something that is kind of worrying in that fact. You know, you've only what lost one home game, and that was that was to Derby. So it's hardly a, a sort of a devastating loss when you think about it. Um. One thing I want to pick up on then, Keelan, is I I always get the stats up. And one of the things I always look at, first and foremost, is how much possession a team has. And it yeah. kind of stems on, the, the question I'm going to ask, kind of stems on from something you've already sort of briefly mentioned. So your possession in the league, there's only one league game where you've had less than half of the ball. Yeah. You know, where the opposition is at, and that was uh, Charlton a at home early on in the season. Apart from that, you're looking at like 55, 60, 65% possession in every game. Now, we're a team who are so much... I don't want to say so much more because I feel like that's a little bit disrespectful to us, but we are really, really comfortable without the ball. And our out-of-possession work is top top tier, really. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of that, we're going to let you have the ball... And you're going to obviously have to come on to us. You've already kind of mentioned it's something you're going to struggle with. Do you think it's that's kind of a really worrying thing for you guys? And actually, you would much prefer us to come and attack you at your place because it'll make you feel, you know, like I say, it'll really bring you out your shell. Is that would that be the kind of game plan you'd want rather than what is going to happen in us sitting back and you're going to have to come at us? Yeah, no, I think this season we, we've seen it in, in certain games. I think Leighton Orient and Carlisle are two examples where Leighton mm. Orient Leighton Orient tried to play, you know, on the counter-attack, but yeah. they were very much a team that tried to stifle us going forward and, yeah. you know, had a lot of men sit back. And especially, I think, 
you know, Carlisle did it effectively against us, mm. realised that we're going to have a lot of ball, a lot of the ball and chances. But if we don't put those chances away, they only really need yeah. you know, one or two attempts and they could maybe get a fortuitous goal. And they unfortunately got that. So I think that's the only issue with us a bit. We're a bit toothless. And I mm-hmm. think, I don't know if you've seen Darren Ferguson's uh, comments recently. He has he's, he had a little bit of a rant post-Mansfield because he got knocked out in the EFL yeah. Cup. Called, he said that same bottling mentality that was there last season when we obviously got <laughs> knocked out by Sheffield Wednesday is still apparent. So I think he's a bit frustrated because there's so much more to come from the team. And I think in certain games this season, we've had a lot of the ball. Mm. But sometimes having a lot of the ball doesn't necessarily mean you're going to you know, win convincingly. You need to do a lot more than just that. And I think... As you've mentioned, if Lincoln play that sort of style where you sit back and you're off the ball, game is very good. Yeah, we will panic a little bit, and you know Lincoln could have a way into the game on Saturday. It'd be interesting. Well, let's very much hope that is the case. And it, it's kind of a funny one when you're obviously talking about the fact that a little bit kind of toothless in attack and, and that sort of thing. When you've got Johnson Clark Harris up top, now obviously, if things on deadline day had gone differently. Yeah. We may not be having this conversation um, about yeah. Johnson Clark Harris right now, but he is still at posh, still your uh, top goal scorer on for this season. Um, I, I guess the kind of question is: is how much did everything that happened on deadline day at the end of the transfer window has it phased him in his form since, or has he just been able to carry on being a complete professional? No, the weird thing is, I think before you know transfer deadline day, the start of the season, he wasn't really firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And I think you know before he left, there was you know rumours he was going to leave. So I don't know if yeah. our play, our play at the start of the season was more centred on oh Johnson Clark Harris will most likely leave, mm-hmm. so we're going to be playing a different brand of football, and you know he'll 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 fit in wherever. Yeah. But I think since obviously the the um the mental deadline day news of his move falling mm. through, at, you know, at the, at the final hour, you know, he's really picked up his form and those, those four goals, as you mentioned, he got, you know, two against Mansfield yeah. and he scored against Derby as well. His form's probably picked up in the last few weeks okay. and I don't really think it's phased him too much because obviously, you know, he, he must've been gutted because I think he has family near Bristol and yeah. as well liked at Bristol Rovers in his last spell. But I don't think it's really phased him because he's been at posh, you know, a number of years. He's been mm-hmm. still our main man in attack. Obviously, he doesn't wear the captain's armband anymore. But he's still, you know, that potent goal scorer that you need. He scored away at Bolton as well. And he's always reliable, you know, if a game's nil-nil or, you know, yeah. struggling a little bit, you go, well, if Clark Harris gets even a half chance, we could probably probably sneak a goal. But no, I don't. I don't think he's been too phased by it because I think I mean Ferg, Fergie's alluded to it in his comments as well after matches. He's he's been you know impressed by how much of a professional um, Clark Harris has been. So no, I don't think he's been too phased by it all. I'm Lucas Jensen, and you're listening to Stacey West podcast. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, Jaden Brown here, and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. And there we go. Thank you to Keelan there, um, and to Charlie as well, of course. Um, basically, uh, I've I've had a, a brief chat with Charlie before we started recording because I think he basically hopped from from that into this, uh, in, into sort of helping with the the producing side of this one. Um, and he, he said that. A lot, well, something that I think we've heard a lot of fairly recently is that they they seem to struggle to break teams down if they uh, if they you know allow them to play their game, which is almost music to to Lincoln fans' ears at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. Now, I think it's worth pointing out that they are underperforming their xG. They have got one of the highest xGs in the league uh, of mm-hmm. two, so they create an average of two. Or should should be scoring an average of, an average of two goals per game, and they're only averaging one point four five. With the amount of shots they're having, they have sixteen shots a game, five on target. They put so many crosses in the box, twenty seven on average per game, with ten successful. Like they are a very very offensive team. Um, so you can certainly expect as the course of the season progresses, those numbers probably to even out slightly, and they probably do end up getting more more wins and probably breaking teams down a little bit a bit easier. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget, we are one of the best out-of-possession teams in the league. So as much as I feel that as the season progresses, Peterborough will start to perform um, at a higher level in terms of results than they are at the moment. Um, I think Saturday's a big opportunity for us. They're, they're really attacking. Um, they play mm-hmm. 4-2-3-1. They always play a 4 almost almost always play a 4-2-3-1. There's only been one league match this season that they haven't started in that shape. And they've got a pretty settled lineup as well, so they they're in a good place. There's, there's no denying that they're in a good place in terms of in terms of personnel, in terms of systems. But that system itself is very good at overloading opposition. It's good at pinning teams in, but it's a little bit like Derby in a way. In that, when they get to that final third, if you're playing against a team that's in a low block, they sometimes struggle to break it down, as Keenan mentioned. Well, that does leave though is that they play a back four, and both of their fullbacks attack. Um, mm-hmm. sp- uh, specifically, um, Harrison Burrows, who has gone from attacking midfielder to be playing left back in a four this year, he, he's featured in a wing back before, but he hasn't really played in a back four until this season too much, and he's doing that now. Um, and it's likely that Kyoso will play at right back, who's, and that's two attacking fullbacks. Hmm. So what that means is 
Peterborough at home particularly are likely to go and attack aggressively and they will leave spaces in behind um, in the flanks. So I think our our best chance will be a pretty standard Lincoln City away performance, which will be so cut pressure, sit behind the ball, be really, really difficult to beat. But actually there is space for us to spring an attack, uh, a counter-attack on those flanks because you know we're, it's going to most likely have a front three. Um, but even if we don't in a front two, we're going to be 2v2 at the back most likely against them if we play on a quick counter. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit hopeful on Saturday, to be honest, that we can put okay. in there into their season. I think if if we can just cut out potential individual errors, because systemically, I think we're fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with this, like yeah. structurally at well, all. I mean, we've had this conversation, haven't we, you know, before games and in the fan zone and stuff where we've, yeah. we've both essentially said there's nothing there's nothing wrong with, with the way that we're setting up and the way that we're playing. It just seems to be like the odd error. I mean, I, I went on the uh, the um, the Portsmouth podcast a few weeks back and they, they said, do you have an Achilles heel? Because it looks like it seems to be set pieces. I thought, well, we're not really. Like, the, You can't say that the way we set up for a set piece will lead to goals going in. So like, that, that does, that, that's not... That's not how we set them up, but it yeah, is like just... under Michael Appleton, you probably could have yeah. thrown that at us a little bit. You know, we certainly looked weak from set pieces under Appleton. I don't think we do under under Kennedy this season at all. It has just, as you said, it's just it's just single like little either slips or you know yeah. errors in judgment or wrong decisions. And it's like I think some of that will obviously come from the fact we've got still got a relatively young squad, and I think there, there are players in there that maybe haven't got the the experience that they might need or that, you know, they just need to get their heads around quick decision-making that is, um, that is positive. Um, and sometimes the decision-making is off or, you know, that they'll, they'll slip or they'll miss hit or whatever happens. And it, it's just, um, I think Gaz made the point in our, in our group chat on Tuesday that if you are, if you're going to be having those errors, you can't do it when we don't have, the, the sort of firepower up front, if you like, at the moment. You know, you, you've got to make sure that everything is essentially flawless at the back and, and we can then try and nick something going forward. Um, you say you're feeling a little bit hopeful about the weekend. I, I wish I could share the optimism, um, but I, I just think we've had, what, three games in seven days. We've then got, uh, admittedly, yes, we do have a, you know, a few more days um, before, well, from from Saturday to or Tuesday to Saturday. But I think the fact that Tuesday now is it, it, it's it's for naught in terms of the you know the league table, isn't it? Like there was there was a lot of football played. Um and it's you know obviously with the game being abandoned it's it's one of those that that suddenly doesn't make the players less tired. It doesn't give them, you know, because the result isn't there anymore, it doesn't mean that they, they didn't put a shift in. So I, I just wonder if we're getting to that stage where it is, we're looking more and more tired um, and particularly, you know, the, the injury situation that we have, we're, we're kind of, you know, square pegs and round holes, like we've mentioned before. I, I just wonder if Saturday might be a step too far for us at this point in time. Um, I, I would, and it's you know, it's a phrase that we've all used many times before on the podcast. But I would absolutely snap your hand off if we could if we could come away with a point. Yeah, and when I said I was hopeful, I was meant I was kind of hopeful, hopeful of a beat, point, yeah. hopeful of not getting beaten yet. I think we, there is there is chances for us in behind um, on the counter, but there's mm-hmm. also no denying that the, the Peterborough create a lot of chances. Um, yeah. They should have scored more goals than they have this season. 
Um, yeah. It's gonna. I feel like it could be a little bit like the unstoppable force versus the immovable object in a way, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, defensively. And then it's which which of those kind of gives in first. Um, I don't think it'll be a game that we'll create a huge amount of chances in, but I think there is an opportunity for us to get on the break. It just depends, as you mentioned, fitness. Um, and also, I think with, with the squad as it is now, it does really limit our ability to change the game mm-hmm. because that's something that really was a massive difference from last season, really. And we, and we it was kind of showcased predominantly against um, Blackpool and Wickham at home. Yep, absolutely. Those those triple substitutions on on 60, 65 minutes or so where we can bring fresh legs on, potential tactical shift, and if, and, and that the defensive team have got a completely different threat and they've got three fit players coming on. And it was it was brilliant to have, be able to do that. It was the first time we'd had such depth for years. And yeah, bad luck, of course, we know has has caused us to to not have that option anymore. And I just do think it's just regressed us a little bit back to where we were last season a little bit in regards yep. to yeah, we have to we have to get by with what we have, and that is it needs to be impeccable defensively now because we haven't got that firepower up front and we haven't got the options now to come on and change the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be really interesting. I, I think it'll be. I think we all know what to expect now, though, don't we? In regards to Lincoln City, uh, certainly away yeah. from home, we, yeah. we know what it's going to be like. We know what to expect. We know what a good performance, a good away performance, looks like. I don't yeah. think any of us that'll be going there on Saturday will be expecting us to be dominating the ball and creating chances left, right, and centre. No, um, I mean, I was I was having a quick look um, at, at a few of the, the bits, you know, a few of the stats, and it was like, in terms of goals scored, people, they've only scored two more goals in the league than us this season. But as you mentioned, if you if they're under... And they've played two more games than us as well. Yeah, so, you know, it's not... I, I think there's a part of me that wonders if that's obviously a little bit deceptive. Like you say, they're, they're underperforming their XG. We've obviously had two big home wins, um, you, you know, where we, we scored three goals in each of those games. Um, yeah, I, I just wonder if similar to, I think how a few people saw, uh, last Saturday going against Cheltenham, I wonder if they're, if Peterborough fans are possibly thinking along the lines of, well, we're due to give somebody a hammer in at home. Could it be Lincoln? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't see as, I don't see as falling and, and having that happen. And obviously that's happened, you know, over the past, uh, couple of, um, over the past couple of uh, times we've met them, I mean, I think I was saying to you beforehand, what is it? We've lost, or we've we've only beaten them three times in the last twelve games games that we've played, um, and I think a couple of those were back in two thousand and six, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, we haven't got a, a particularly good record. Of course, we'll all remember the George Grant free kick oh, uh, a few yeah. years ago. But yeah, you're right. We haven't had a huge, a hugely beneficial, a uh, hugely positive record against them recently. I think it's worth touching on last season, though. I think it's good to bring that up. Of mm-hmm. course, the f- the first game that we played away last season, we got absolutely battered four nil. Yeah, and we could have been ten, couldn't it? Let's be honest. We got we got carved open, just knife three butter at times, wasn't it? But that was also before we had that real shift in. In shape and shift in mentality, it was it was the Bristol Rovers game a week or two later than that yeah. that actually caused Mark Kennedy to go right. We can't keep playing like this. We have to tighten up. And it was from that point that someone like Mark Kennedy's Lincoln really started to kind of feature and, and was born really. Yeah. Um, so I kind of discount that game a little bit. Um, the one that's worth reading into a little bit was, of course, was the home game. It was our first home league defeat of the season. Mm-hmm. We lost three 0 at home. But it's also worth pointing out that Peterborough scored three goals from four shots on target. You know, they, yeah. their XG that game was only 0.84. So as much as we we created very, very little, we only had one shot on target in the whole game. We were we were never looked like scoring. We were probably a little unlucky to concede three on that yeah. day. Um and I just don't I just don't think we're gonna get B 
beaten heavily on Saturday. But I think it, if we can cut out any of those individual errors that have crept him a little bit recently, um, then there's definitely a chance for us to get something on the break. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mark Kennedy will be maybe behind the scenes pretty pretty disappointed and maybe quite frustrated at those individual errors because as, as a team, the team performance has been, certainly yeah. defensively, has been outstanding for the whole season pretty much. Um, it's it's just been those individual mistakes and if we can just if we can just eradicate those, you know, they've got to stop at some point. I think we've had more individual errors this season than we had at any point throughout the whole last season. So yeah, I, think, I mean, I it, think that's there's a bit of bad luck there. I think I don't I don't think yeah, it's systemic it, as we said. I think it's a little bit. A is little bit is of there luck. something that you can coach there though? Like, can you can you coach errors out of people if they it's are decision making? It's decision yeah, making. I, I mean, it? like it's the about decision making certain certain uh, scenarios yeah. in games and dealing with them. But to be honest, the only the best way of coaching that is by playing games, being exposed to those high pressure situations, yeah. and improving from them. Now, I think I Sean Rowan is uh, worth. Um, yeah, I was, I was, sorry, I was going to say like it, it seemed it sounds a little bit like when you know teams in in competitions they they say oh we've not practiced penalties because there's no point in doing it because you can't recreate the pressure you can't do that. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, the incident in the West Ham game where you know with Sean Rowan, I think you just mentioned him there, like the incident there. 99 times out of 100, he, he gets to that ball and he either gets it downfield or he punts it into Rosehead. Like, it's just that one time in the, the, the intensity, the, the intense environment that he's in, in a big game. I don't even it, think that was a mistake. He slipped over. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, it, he's, he's, his footing's fall, you know, his footing's gone wrong. That's it. Like, you can't, I think the thing is, you, you can't, uh, you can't budget for that, can you? No, exactly. And of course, you mentioned, you made a good point earlier as well in that we've got a really young squad mm. and with a young squad comes a little bit of inconsistency. Yeah. Um, and I think we're pretty consistent on the whole, mm-hmm. but with young players, you're gonna, you are going to get a mistake from time to time. And, and I think Sean Rowan's a prime example of that. But he made, I think what was really impressed me this year with Sean is last season he made a couple of high profile errors, but on the whole was reasonably consistent playing out of position. This season, I think he started the season fantastically. He's really stepped up um, and of course, he made a mistake on Tuesday against Leighton Orient, which caused a goal. Thankfully, it won't count. Um, but it was a mistake. There's no denying that. Yeah. And for me, but it's how you react to it, which is which is the big thing. I don't think he was. I think that he was bad after that. And I seem to remember he made a mistake against um, Exeter last season, mm-hmm. and he got brought off in the second half because he just didn't. He was mistake after mistake yeah, after, he, after he, mistake he, after he, mistake. Head went um, completely from the game. Yeah. Didn't it? So everyone makes mistakes, and those high profile ones are horrible. You know, we've all been there. But it's how you react to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 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 the is the big is the big thing, and I think Sean reacted to it well. And as long as you don't make that same mistake again, so you know those headers that we mentioned, the issues against Portsmouth, for example, that could have been a little bit down to individual errors. As long as you don't make that mistake again, and you learn from that, then yeah. uh, you know if you're making a few early seasons, well, they get eradicated by by November. Yeah. Then from November to the end of the season, if they, if you don't make another individual error that leads to a goal. Well, it's, it's, that's fine by me. You know, it was a long, long, long way to go yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the point I'm making really is I think we're actually going to be all right against Peterborough. <laughs> I think we're going to be we're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like it's um, it's something that we we find ourselves saying or you know talking about um, quite a lot. Where we will, you know, we'll, we'll expect a lot of possession to be against us, and we we like it when a team, uh, an opposition team's fans, will turn around and say. We find it hard to break a team down if they if they sit in you know the defensive positions and allow us to play a little bit. I I don't know. Like I'm 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 still really enjoying like watching 
Lincoln this season. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm never feeling really under pressure. Um, I can't. There was a game a couple of weeks ago, and I just thought, you know what? I I don't feel like we're in danger of conceding here. Um, despite the fact that we're, I think we're one up at the time. I was like, I'm not worried about this because yes, they're having a lot of the ball, but as we've said many a time, like it, it all depends on what you do with it. And if, if you're having, you know, 70% of the possession, but 90% of that is in your own third, in your, in your defensive third, like there's nothing really to worry about. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, Peterborough have had an average, I think just under 60% possession this season. We've had, um, according to where I'm looking at, just under 30%. Oh, so I've got 40% here. Okay. Either way, significantly less than yeah. Peterborough. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting... Well, it, it's going to be an interesting one because it's it's essentially what, we've, what we're becoming used to um, as, as Lincoln fans. Um, and I think maybe, what, two or three seasons ago, if we were playing this way, we probably would be a little bit more frustrated with it because we've not been able to, in the past, create the chances and and score the goals that we have. And this season, I think with the goals coming from all over the pitch, it's it's made for a more exciting way of of playing that sort of more defensive style. You know, you come on to us and we'll hit you on the break. I think people are are a lot more attuned to that this season than they would have been maybe what two seasons ago, even last season. To be yeah. honest. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Not not at any point in the season where I thought I'm not enjoying this. Um, you know, mm. I want to see a bit more entertaining football. Apart from maybe Shrewsbury away, that was just a dour game of football, just from yeah. both sides, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but we've got the three points, so who cares? Um, and I think the uh, the conditions definitely had a role to play there as well. It was incredibly windy yeah. that day. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah, I despite the fact we don't have a lot of the ball, I think we are more threatening this season than we were last season. Even despite the situation with the strikers, of course, we're not as threatening now as we were in the first few weeks for obvious reasons, but I still think we've got a threat. Um, you know, in, in most games recently, when we have gone forward, I felt like we've, we've looked reasonably dangerous at times. Um, whereas last season, maybe we didn't, you know, we certainly looked solid defensively, but we didn't always look like we was going to get something out of a game. I think the amount of draws that we had probably proved that to an extent didn't yeah. it? as well last season. So, but yeah, I agree with you this season. I still feel like it's quite exciting to watch Lincoln, even though, we don't have a lot of the ball because we let the opposition have the ball in deep positions. And Danny Cowling made a point of this all my, all those years ago, saying you can still control a game when you haven't got the ball because your mm. defensive positioning kind of funnels the ball onto certain areas of the pitch where you can set traps and you can set counter-attacking opportunities. And I think a prime example of that was the goal that we scored away at Peter uh, away at Portsmouth. Yeah, you know, we've, we 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 showed the ball wide to Jack Sparks. We knew that was a trigger to press. Last pressed, won it back, and then you know, a little interchange later, and it was a goal. Yeah, we win. We we know what we're doing out of possession, and I think that's that's credit to Mark Kennedy. And I think the point you made earlier is is absolutely right in that because of the striker situation, that becomes even more important now. That has to be perfect for us to get a win. It still mm-hmm. needs to be very, very, very good for us to get a point. But we are very, very good at it. I think. Yeah. And so, yeah. My my prediction on Saturday, I think, will be. I, I, I could see nil nil. To be honest with you, I could see a nil nil, <laughs> and I'd happily take a nil nil. I don't think we've had a nil nil this season, have we? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, and Peterborough. Um, uh, oh well, yeah. I was, I was just looking down the list. And I saw Sheffield United was nil nil, but obviously mm. that was slightly different. Yeah, Peterborough uh, haven't no, had a nil nil either. Um, no. So there you go. Put your money on a nil nil. <laughs> yeah. So what a stupid prediction. What a stupid <laughs> prediction. The point I'm making is. If they do struggle to break teams down and we 
we're, we're, we're good at that. We're maybe not as threatening on the break as we could be, but we've still got a bit of a threat. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I just have a bit of confidence that I think we will learn from the mistakes we've made. Okay. I, I, I can see where you are with your optimism. Um, I, I don't think I'm quite there yet, though. Um, I mean, I've, like I said, I'm still enjoying the football we're playing and I'm still really, really enjoying the fact that we are outperforming where I think a lot of people thought we might be, even though we have the current situation. I'm, I, I fully agree with what Gaz said um, over the past, you know, uh, prior to the Cheltenham game. We've had three losses on the bounce and I, I've not felt despondent after any of them. Um, no. But the irony is um, that I know, well, I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, but there was a moment on Tuesday when I think in our group chat, we sort of thought, well, I, I think Gaz said he felt a little bit despondent about stuff. And I think I'd, I agreed with him a little bit. And I think you, you were the, uh, you were the, the voice of reason or the, 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 uh, the, the one who cheered us up a little bit or tried to, um, it was, yeah, I think I, I just think with the injury situation at the minute, if this is an issue for Lass and if, for example, if Danny Mandroy is not 100% fit for Saturday to start, I, I just wonder if we're going to be battening down all the hatches and just trying to get through the game. Um, I know that's not how we've played a lot this season. You know, we'll always try and hit them on the break if we can. We'll always try and score. But I, I, I just wonder if, you know, like I said, if, if it does turn out that Lass, is, uh, Lass isn't playing, we, we might struggle a little bit more than... Well, how you can how you've kind of understood my optimism, I can completely understand the way your pessimism is coming from. I think what's what's worth <laughs> bearing in mind is um, we have had a lot of games recently, so the lads are going to be tired. <laughs> but there isn't actually much need to kind of manage that. We can give it some on Saturday because we've got a trophy game on Tuesday at home to to Wolves. But I expect a lot of the key players are going to get are going to are going to um, be rested for that game, <laughs> just like they were against Derby, and then. On Saturday, it's it's Burton at home, but it's likely that's going to be called off for international call-ups. We don't know yet, but it. Oh yeah, it's, but, yeah, it, but it's likely. Yeah, um, and then so, there's a week for Fleetwood. Then, then there's a whole week for Fleetwood, so we've got quite a bit of rest kind of coming. I think a lot of my optimism is coming from. I'm. I've got very much got that bigger picture mentality at the moment. Again, probably because of the striker situation, and it's a, it's a way of making myself feel better about the game by game. <laughs> um, but I, I just think we're all right going like long term. We're okay, and I'm just trying not to get too down if performances aren't 100. And yeah. you know, as long as we're staying in games, which I think we've got every possibility of doing so, even against like Portsmouth, we deserve something from that game, and that's the only game we've lost recently. Um, yeah, I just think we're all right. I think we're okay. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be free flowing, mm. but we're okay. Um, I think yeah. I, I and think then that's with a of... you know potentially. It could potentially be what we, about three weeks or so until we actually have another another league game. If yeah. away at Fleetwood, potentially, if the Burton game is is postponed, then that gives us a good opportunity to get get some rest in firstly to nail nail down and, and to iron out some of those cracks maybe, and um, and then to really push on from there. So yeah, your question you mentioned earlier is has has the Peterborough game come a little bit too soon? Um, it's probably come too soon to see the best version of Lincoln City. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't think we can get something from it. I think we can. We're, we're good for a point on Saturday if if we if we defend well, basically. Yeah, I I I can definitely get behind that. Um, it's just whether I can convince myself to believe it or not is uh, <laughs> is is the truth on that one. Um, but yeah, like you say, I I 
genuinely forgotten about the whole uh, the, the potential of Burton being called off for, for international call-ups. That's uh, that's an interesting one, and I think it, it kind of plays into you know if if we do have these knocks and, and niggles around the squad where it's kind of people aren't necessarily a hundred percent just gives us a chance to to regroup and and sort of come back and i 100% agree with you about feeling positive about the big picture stuff like i i don't think i've ever felt happier in terms of you know how a squad is looking and how we're um you know how we're, we're looking for the longer term future than i have at the moment i mean obviously you know when we came back up from the national league and, and the the season when we won league 2 you can see there that this is a team that Yes, we are going to do well this season, and we're you know we're going to be in and around it. And I think the big difference there is that, and it's been mentioned before, like Danny Cowley put a side together that could win the league that season because that was what he wanted to do. Whereas at the minute, we're I think we're probably what a season and a half into maybe a three or four season long plan where we're building a, a team for the long term. Um, and whether that's a case of doing the, the recruitment and getting people in, selling them, and then buying better players with the money that we get for them, you know, I think, and I, I think I've said this before about Peterborough. I think Peterborough are maybe not this season's Peterborough because it's all gone a bit batshit over there, hasn't it recently? <laughs> um, but you know, Peterborough from a few seasons ago, I think was kind of where I where I envisioned Lincoln going. Um, in terms of the, the business model, the player trading, and and you know, building that foundation, and I think we're starting to see the fruits of that now um, from from everybody at the club. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Now you're right, Peterborough off the pitch. It's this this clearly stuff going on behind the scenes there that's you know we don't know the full story about. But I actually don't think the recruitment's changed hugely. I think no. I think they still recruit in a, in a in a really sensible way. You know, they identify. Good young players from a lower, often from lower divisions, and then and then blood them. Um, I mean, so they, they Ever Mason Clark, for example, is someone they brought in from from Barnet a couple of years ago, and he's doing brilliantly. He's, he's going definitely going to start on Saturday. Uh, Archie Collins, they signed from Exeter recently. They signed Hector um, Kipriani. That's their two holding mm. midfielders. They're, they're new. They're both new this season, but they're both you know, good young players. And then they've got, of course they've got their own players coming from their academy in Edwards and Burrows at the back. And they've they're still. The team is very different this year than it has been, of course, apart from Johnson Clark Harris being that kind of stalwart, if you like, has been there a few years, who who will definitely start, even despite the fact that they tried to flog him on deadline day and it fell through. Say, that, that seemed like such a weird transfer that like it, it, it seemed nailed on for Bristol Rovers. And obviously we were due to play Bristol Rovers, I think, was it the, the, the game after the window shut? Yeah. And there was all that sort of potential panic about oh bloody oh we might have to face Clark, uh, Clark Harris at the weekend and then it fell through and you just think that just seemed like such a strange thing because obviously he's an important player for Peterborough he scored what is it four goals already this season yeah um, now well Peterborough have to have a have the um that kind of rule in place don't they if a player's in their last year of their contracts and they're automatically put on the transfer list at the start of that season true, yeah. um and he's in the last year of his deal and then if Someone like Bristol Rovers coming. I think the deal was rumored to be about eight hundred thousand, which is mm. a ridiculous amount of money for someone in the last year of their deal who is the age that Johnson Clark Harris is. And yeah. that's a hell of a. I know he's proven as a goal scorer at this level, but that's that's a lot of money. So you, I think from a Peterborough perspective, you're stupid not to take that. Mm. Um, but of course, it it fell down, and he's and he's been well, as his, his usual kind of consistent self. But he's not a massive presser, is he? He doesn't press the press the ball fantastically. He doesn't in, get involved hugely in build-up 
he's just a really, really good goal scorer. Yeah, um, he's kind of you get the service to him, he'll score your goals. Yeah, he's not gonna and be- it's though it's those three players in behind him that I'm most concerned about. If we can keep those three players quiet, mm-hmm. then we're okay. So that's going to be Ricky J. Jones has played um, in the last couple of games, started left wing. He's a a product of their youth academy. Very, very, very direct, very quick, um, tricky winger. They've got um, Kwame Poku and David Ajiboye that can both play on the right side. Um, Ajiboye is someone they brought in from Sutton last at the start of last season. He's starting to get a few starts now. Poku, we, we, we know his quality already. And then there's Ephraim Mason-Clark as well, who's recently been playing Cam, that has predominantly played on the left wing for them. So, And they are three very, very dangerous players. Um, but they're dangerous as in they're all um, got like good ball carriers. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly... Um, free-flowing passing play that has, that's created the chances. It's getting the ball to one of those three and they'll do something pr- pretty special with it, generally. But if we can keep those those players quiet, then we're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and with our back three, plus our two holding midfielders that are very, very competitive. And we mentioned this on the podcast last week and the week before in that I don't really care who we've come up against midfield-wise. There's not been a single midfield pairing that I would have preferred to have over hours at the moment. Mm. Um, and that, that gives me a bit of confidence. So as long as we don't get pinned in and, mm-hmm. and they kind of have a lot of possession in front of us and we don't, and then that brings our wide forwards back into a, a 5-4-1. As long as we can keep at least two players forward for the counter against two centre-backs for Posh, I th- I think we're going to be all right. I think mm. we're going to be all right. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. It's my second away game of the season. I went to Northampton and uh, and got this one. So I love an away day. Don't get to do that many each season. So uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat, and uh, yeah, I I do wish I was going on Saturday, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, the, uh, plans have conspired against me, shall we say? Um, but yeah, I I think I think you're convincing me, Chris. I, I hey! don't know, I don't know how, but I'm, I'm 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 almost convinced that we can come away with something, unless Good. unless everybody's injured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone is injured. Well, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, we've we've got to just over thirty-five minutes now. I think probably forty or so with uh, with the preview being put in. So we can probably freewheel a little bit. Um, we do need to mention one thing, which I'll come on to in a second. But I did see today that I think one of our former rumored targets um, has been. Uh, sort of released. I think he was training with Sheffield Wednesday, and that's Lyle Taylor. Um, now, obviously, as as I'm sure you're aware, we've we've got a klaxon for it. We need a striker. Um, <laughs> Lyle Taylor was one that was rumoured for a while, um, and then I don't wait. Well, it just didn't come to ha- uh, didn't come to pass. He's been training with Sheffield Wednesday to sort of presumably keep his fitness up and, and get himself ready. I'm almost I almost don't want to ask the question because I know that I'll probably get some stick off gas but do you think that this could be a potential short-term deal to maybe maybe put him in the shop window a little bit and say look here's here's what he can do we keep him on the books until January or until you know until Walker and, and Ben House are fit and back is it an option? Is it one that I, I don't think it's one that we'd necessarily look at, but but is it an option? I just don't think so. I just don't think so at all. Um, you know, I was just googling there quickly at his age. Mm. 
And then I was thinking, oh, yeah, he's, he's really old. He's 33. Then I remembered, <laughs> I'm 33. <laughs> um, I just don't think it fits. I completely no. understand the call to want to get a striker in. We all know that we haven't got one. I completely get it. I just think financially it just doesn't work. And I think yeah. we, we still don't know the extent of Jack Vale's injury. We, he's out for, quote, a period. That's just so vague. We don't know. We have no idea. That could be two weeks. It could be... We never see it. We don't know that. Um, and we both said that we think that the long-term the long term vision is positive. And I don't know, but I think it was it's it's no um, secret that we were trying to offload Hacks in the summer and he's stayed around. And I just wonder how much of the wage budget that's taking up, which might mm. limit our ability to then bring someone else in on a short-term deal. Um, you know, I don't think if we wanted to, if we, if we kept hacks, but he wasn't included as part of the kind of the, the wage budget because we expected him to move on. And we had to deal with that plus trying to get someone else in that's unexpected. I don't know if that's just going to push the boat out a little bit more um, financially. We have players that can play up there. We're okay. We're not threatening anywhere near as much as we would be with the fit strikers, but we're not toothless. Um, mm. That was proven against against Cheltenham, albeit a very poor Cheltenham side. Um, you know, we had chances to score against. Portsmouth we scored one we could have scored again um it's not like we haven't got a threat so I completely understand people thinking we just need a striker just sign a striker any striker um and Lyle Tyler it probably is more of a would fit better than someone like a Charlie uh, a Charlie a a Connor Wickham Mm. for example but I just can't see it I just can't see it at all I can see is just muddling on (laughs) to be honest until we get someone fit and then and then just really really giving everything we've got for the second half of the season, really. Um, yeah. And I said it every podcast for the last couple of weeks, and I know it's, you other guys have debated it a little bit, but I just think it makes total sense to bring Freddie Draper back on. As soon as it strikes, strikes midnight on New Year's Day, you bring him back into the squad, and he, and he, and he plays regularly. It's not just you bring him in there as an in-case. Yeah, you he see, plays. I think, I think that's, where it, that's where it falls down. Um, and me and Charlie had this discussion in a bar in London on Tuesday night and we said that let's just say that we bring him back, we recall him and all of a sudden Ben House and Tyler Walker you know, Tyler Walker is fit for what I, th- I think he's probably looking at maybe five weeks, four or five weeks at this point, I think it was probably... Well it was it was a minimum of eight weeks wasn't it when Mark Kennedy first mentioned it, so, yeah. but that could be I've, I've heard... More than eight. I've heard November being floated around okay. um, for, for Tyler coming back. So let's say Tyler's back in in towards the end of November. You've then got a good four weeks of Tyler Walker being our main striker. And then Ben House is probably still a month or two away at that point. Yeah, he's, he's kind of February kind of earliest, isn't yeah. he? So. So, so if you're looking at that... And then, obviously, you know, depending on how serious the issue with, uh, with Jack Vale is, we've then got a second striker. I personally think, in terms of Freddie, I think his development would be impacted more if he were to come back to us and sit on the bench. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. If he if he's not playing, yeah, I'm I'm kind of thinking worst case scenario here in that Tyler yeah. Walker has had some injury issues recently, and of course, so we don't know even if after this initial injury is over, how long it will take him to get back up to fitness again. We mm-hmm. don't know how long Jack Vale is going to be out. I'm kind of assuming, let's just say it's worst case scenario, he's had a real setback and we don't really see him at all. Then for me, it's a case if you do, it's just a no-brainer to to do with, deal with what we've got until January and then bring Freddie in. Yeah. Um, 
But of course, if Jack Vale's okay and Tyler Walker gets a ruin the team, then I agree with you completely. Then Freddie stays yeah. for the season at Walsall. If, if things are as they are week now, week out. yeah, I think if things are as they are now, then I can I can probably yeah get on board with it. But and I've also just I've been really excited to see Freddie Draper in Lincoln City shirt because I've been so impressed with him this season. Yeah, so so impressed. He's basically beaten up League Two so far. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. obviously scored some goals. He's created, he's created chances. He's got some assists, but he's just been a real focal point to their attack. Yeah. Um. And he's yeah, he's just come on leaps and bounds once again. And I just think I think Every- he's ready to play in League One now already. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I, I I I probably tend to agree. I just think getting a full season in League Two under his belt is is going to be a lot more beneficial to him. Um. And then next season, hopefully, you know, we'll see him back in the red and white. Um, but Walsall fans are, are definitely uh, avoiding the Cardinal. You know, they're, they're, they're committing the Cardinal sin, aren't they? They're falling in love with a lone player. Never fall in love with a lone player. We've all done, been there, done it before. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that's um, that's that one. I, I thought I'd float it out there just as a no. It's a it's a good point, and I think the more names become available, and the longer the situation goes on with us without a centre forward, it's a it's a completely reasonable question. I just I think, like, I I think I've, given, I've given my reasoning against it. Yeah, um, and I still don't think we will. But I completely understand why the suggestions I, that we should are there. It makes per- I understand the reasoning. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think we will either. But it was just my kind of my crap at football manager brain going shit, panic buy, and <laughs> just hitting a button to sign someone. Like, have you seen um, uh, Sunderland till I die? Yes. The 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 transfer window where they sign <laughs> Will Grigg. It's and so it's embarrassing, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, they want this much. Well, we need to strike. Well, it's five. Uh, what do we do? And then they just go, fine, sod it, and just throw all of the money at yeah, him. Was it five million quid he paid? Yeah, something like that. It was ridiculous. Unbelievable. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now that's that's pretty much um, the, 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 the recent and relevant football news from the Imps. I don't think... Obviously, you know, the, the, the aftermath of Tuesday, there's there's not really been any communication from the club um, which you know makes sense given the circumstances. Um, I wonder if the Kennedy interview is actually up yet. Um, I haven't seen anything pop up on my timelines, so I don't think it's there yet. But you know, we'll if there is anything um, that is massively or changes massively, then uh, we'll, I'm sure Gaz will have the information on the social media. So uh, that will that'll be good. But um, one thing that we do need to mention before we disappear is the FPA game um, on Sunday. It is on Sunday, the, uh, and the kickoff is at 2. So it's a 2 p.m. kickoff. Uh, former Players Association playing against a Bradford um, former players. And, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's going to be an int- it's going to be a good game. I think I'm 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 tempted to, to pop along. Um, I think the tickets are priced at ten pounds, five pound for children. Family tickets available for twenty quid, um, which is two adults and two children. So, um, yeah, get yourself along. It should be good. Um, you know, the former players' association obviously getting more and more stuff happening with them at the moment, and uh, yeah, I'm. It's obviously for a, a really good cause. So I'll, I believe all of the money is going to. Um, where is it? Several charities is what I've got here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. A charity match, basically, to raise yes. money for various charities. I think the Bradford Burns unit is one yep. charity, I think. 
Um, but that there, 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 there will be others, as I'm sure, as well. But all in all, it should be a, a good afternoon for a good cause, seeing some uh, some ex-players play. Um, Blink, there's talk of, I can't remember the guy's name, but the Brazilian that played for Bradford a few quite a few years ago. I think there's talk of him <laughs> making an appearance as well. I can't remember the guy's name. That'll be good. Uh, it'll be fun to see. Yeah, to see. Some yeah. samba, some samba skills on the Hello Turf <laughs> of Sinsel Bank, I think, as Gaz put it in his article. God, that would be a that'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Um, uh, the fact, Lincoln City Foundation, the Bradford Burns Unit. There we go. I just found that. Sorry. There we go. Um, yeah, but I think that's probably about it for the podcast uh, for this episode, number 241. Um, I just wanted to say a very quick thank you uh, to uh, a lot of the folks who sort of, you know, come up to me over the past few weeks in the fan zone or not even not even in the fan zone just during the game at half time or whatever you know and it's uh yeah there's been a lot of a lot of kind words which is you know much appreciated you didn't have to do it but uh yeah very nice um and it's uh very much appreciated um and seeing as he's never going to listen i want to say thanks to gaz as well because um yeah you know he's uh he, he gives me some stick on here but uh you know when we have chats away from the pod uh they're always they're always respectful and, and kind and, um, well, not always kind, but, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, always, they're at least always respectful. So, um, yeah, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had a lot of chats about stuff and, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks to him for, for his words around, you know, what happened with, uh, with why I disappeared for a few weeks. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you to Chris and Charlie as well, obviously, not just because they're on the recording and Charlie can cut me off at any moment, but, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, good to be good. back. It's good to be back. Um, good to be talking nonsense and football with Chris again. Um, and until next time, up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.